Oh, yeah. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Come on, turn to, them, turn, turn to the person next to you, give them a high five. Tell them there's greatness inside of them. Hey, uh, one more thing tonight. Why don't we put it together for Aaron Petroski? I think this is his first night on guitar tonight. Come on, give him a big clap. You enjoy that, Aaron? Aaron, was that good? Did a fantastic job, man. Thanks, guys. Grab a seat. Oh, we're going to have a fantastic night tonight. How many people enjoy the presence of God? Yeah. Say that one more time. How many people really enjoy the presence of God? Come on, man. Come on. I tell you last night, you know how we, we sing, we were singing that song before, How Great Is Our God, How Great Is Our God. And, uh, you know, was last, one, of my, one of the favorite things I love to do is uh, was take my, talking about killing chickens. I think, I think. Rachel, what sort of things do you do at your house? <laughs> oh, no, I don't kill chickens. Not that mean. <laughs> But one of the things I love to, love to do is I love to go right up to the top of the mountains in the night time, right up as far as you can see, sit right up on top of the ridge there in the middle of the night. You know what, last night I was, I was sitting up there and I, used to, I watched the sun go down and I watched the, uh, watched the stars started to come out and I couldn't help but think, you know, the, there's a verse in the Bible that says, it talks about in Psalms. It says, uh, David says, what is man, O Lord, that you are even mindful of him? What is man that you are even mindful of him? When I th- and, and when I... When I as I started to look up and started to see the stars and see the shooting stars and whatnot, there was something that started to come over, uh, like a feeling of just a, an, an, an enormity of who God is. Sometimes I, I think we lose, we don't actually understand how great our God is, amen? Sometimes I, don't, I, I think we just sort of miss the idea of who we come up the front and who we actually worship. And as, I, as I watched, as I watched the, um, the, the, the stars come out, I thought, my God, you hold every one of these things in your place. Every one of these stars you know by name. Every one of these stars you hold in place. You hold the whole universe. And, 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 and as I started to watch and started to look at the universe, I, I, that verse came up, God, what is man? Who am I that you are even mindful of, him, of me? And tonight, friends, God is mindful of you. Tonight, when you stand out and you look at the stars, you look at the expanse of the universe, understand this, that the same God that created those things, that same God that holds those very things in place right now, he is the same God that is mindful of you tonight. He's mindful of you tonight. He's thinking about you. He, you are on his heart tonight. The Bible says that what is man that you are even mindful of him? You have created him uh, a little lower than the angels, and, and you have crowned him with, with, with glory and, 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 and honor. Tonight, friend, you are crowned with glory and honor. The Bible says that you have, you have created him to have dominion over all the works of your hands. Come on, friends, this is the God we serve tonight. This is the God we worship tonight. Yeah. Sometimes I think you just need to get out there and just experience a little bit. But hey, we just want to welcome somebody back tonight. Ian Clayton, where's Ian? Where's Ian? Come on up, Ian. Come on. Yeah, welcome home. <laughs> Tell us where you've been, what you've been up to, and don't hold back, man. Tell us how great God is. Well, what do you say? I... Um just been into South Africa again. We've just um, finished a first time for a three-day conference, a three-day intensive. Did 17 sessions in three days. So um, very, very pleasing to see the presence of God come and change the lives of people. Um, I think more than that, anything um, that we've been able to do over there is to be able to sow into Mozambique. We've been on a um, kind of a, a project over there now for the last um, six months. 
Um, we were able to plant about 2,500 acres of rice right next to a, a river, which uh, the Prince of um, Mozambique gave us the land there. And, um, and so what happened was the, um, the first crop we took three weeks ago, totally organic rice was taken out of the ground. And um, what happened was the prince came along and said to us, you're the first group, not me, but the, the people I'm connected with, you're the first group that's been in here that hasn't taken anything out of my nation. What do you want? And he laid his map open and said to you, we're going to give you 250,000 acres. Where do you want it? And so, <laughs> and so what we've done is we, we've chosen 250,000 acres of prime land with 16 miles of stream on either side of the land. And so we have a massive development project to go in there with regards, you know, just, anyway, it's just amazing. But from the small things that you can give in, just to see what God has done on the outside. When I was there last time, we prophesied over one of these girls that should be given gold mines, silver mines, copper mines, coal mines. You know, who thinks you're going to get those? Well, she'd be given gold mines, a copper mine, and a coal mine now. So, you know, how about that? So God, I mean, there's been some amazing things that God is doing in that nation, and it's not, but all the way around. And so to see the influence of the, the kind of group of people I'm connected with and the, the teaching tapes that I'm doing over there, there's been, been about 5,000 sets of these CDs gone all over Africa now, and so it's very, very exciting. So, so yeah. So what could you encourage us tonight? We can challenge us. <laughs> Get intimate with God. Yeah. That's the key. Intimacy with the presence of God is the only thing that will take you in this place and die. You've got to die. You've got to know the cross and you've got to die. I mean. Thanks. Come on, put it together for Ian. Fantastic. We've got um, Pastor Mike will be back with us next, uh, next weekend. Yes, he will be. I'll tell you what, he is absolutely fired up. He is ready to go. So I encourage you to come along next Sunday. It's going to be absolute. Bring a friend. It's going to be really, really cool. And uh, we've got some awesome events coming up, so it's going to be a real busy time. Um, we've got, the, don't forget, Doug said the, uh, the parenting seminar and the teenager seminar. That also, that's going to be fantastic. We've also got another one um, just sort of just sprung upon us this, we- uh, this week, which is going to be really, really cool. There's not this coming Thursday, but the following Thursday, um, we're going to have a, we want to put on a, a, a youth rally. Now, it's not us that's going to put it on, but we have a, there's a church, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Arise Church in Wellington, one of the fastest growing churches in New Zealand at the moment. This young guy planted a He's got over a 1,000 in it now, and uh, they want to come here and do it. Just basically what they do in their church, they want to come up here and they want to do a youth rally here and uh, see if they can get a whole heap of people saved. Uh, they have a conference coming up also, which they want to promote, but come along, not this Thursday, but next Thursday, and uh, believe that people will be saved. And uh, if you're able to help at all, please let me know. That'll be fantastic. And uh, we also have a supernatural conference. That's just going to be stunning, man. You want to come along to that. And uh, this is my last Sunday with you for, uh, for a couple of weeks. We're... Um, there's a whole heap of us going away, man. It's going to be awesome. Man, we're going to go to... Where are we going? Where are we going to? We're going to Indonesia, and we're going to, we're going to do a crusade in... We're going to do a crusade in Indonesia. It's going to be fantastic. And, um, yeah, and it's really, look. And then from Indonesia, from, from Indonesia, we're going to go to... Um, where are we going, Anna? Pakistan! Pakistan. Man, we're going to go to Pakistan... And we're going, to do a, 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 we're going to do a crusade there as well. We're going to believe that God will turn up and, and have, we're going to have heaps of miracles and people saved and all that. It's, then we're going to go meet Pastor Mike in City Harvest Church in Singapore. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So pray for us while we're away and uh, we're going to need your prayers because there's some people over there that don't like Jesus. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's going to be great. How many people got your Bibles with you tonight? Great.
If you haven't got a Bible with you, that's okay. We've got a Bible on the computer, and we'll show you it up here. Uh, who wants to help me tonight? Someone want to help me? Someone want to help me? Come on, quickly. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Here we go. You got your Bible there? Come on, this is Alex. She's a great young woman. Oh, use your Bible. Great. Mark chapter 6. Give you a minute. Mark chapter 6. Matthew. Matthew, Mark. Luke. This way. Don't be nervous. This is great, man. This is you. You got. It's gonna be you one day. Mate, this is what I'm born for. Mark chapter six. Got it there. Verse thirty to thirty-two. Here we go, right there. My Bible's kind of funny. It's great, man. That's great. Yeah, it's good. All the, verse thirty-two as well. Thirty-two, right down to forty. <coughs> to forty. Flip. All right. After the apostles returned to Jesus, they told him everything they had done and taught. But so many people were coming and going that Jesus and the apostles did not even have a chance to eat. Then Jesus said, let's go to a place where they can be alone and get some rest. Do you want to keep going? Absolutely. All right, all right. They left in a boat for a place where they could be alone. But many people saw them leave and figured out where they were going. Clever. So people from every town ran on ahead and got there first. Yeah, Very clever. Yeah. When Jesus got out of that boat, he saw that large crowd. What? No, I'm just oh, yeah. improvising a little bit. <laughs> when Jesus got out of the boat, he saw the large crowd that was like a sheep without a shepherd. He felt sorry for the people and started teaching them many things. That evening, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This place is like a desert and it is already late. Let the crowds leave so they can go to the farms and villages near here and buy something to eat. Jesus replied, You give them something to eat. But they asked him, Don't you know that it would take almost a year's wages and buy to buy all of those people something to eat? Then Jesus said, How much bread do you have? Go and see. They found out and answered, We have Five small loaves of bread and two fish. Hmm. Very interesting. Jesus and his disciples, oh wait, Jesus told his disciples to have the people sit down on the green grass. They sat down in groups of 100 and groups of 50. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up towards heaven and blessed the food. Then he broke the bread and handed it to his disciples to give to the people. He also divided the two fish so that everyone could have some. After everyone had eaten all they wanted, Jesus' disciples picked up the 12 large baskets and leftover bread of, and fish. There were 5,000 men who ate the food. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. Come on, give her a hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take that back with you. Man, what a story! You know, right now we have a we have the story of, um, you know, of a of a crowd of people that that, that is wanting to know Jesus Christ, that, that is hungry for hungry hungry for the things of hungry for the things of God. You know, I talked about last uh, a couple of weeks ago. The Bible says that you know, um, since we're born of the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Can I can I tell you this that all of us are called to walk in the Spirit to a certain extent because wherever you look, um, every person, whether they're non-Christian or whether they believe in Christ, you are a spirit being. It's, it's, it's not divided up into, in this context, not divided up into Christians and non-Christians, but everybody has a spirit. Every, every, whether you believe in Jesus Christ or whether you don't believe in Jesus Christ, that is irrelevant. You still have a spirit that lives inside of you. You still are a spirit being. One day your body will die, but your spirit, your soul, will live for eternity. And... Um, and so with, um, wherever you look in, in the world, people always walk in the Spirit to a certain extent. The, the question is, what Spirit do they walk in? 
What spirit do they walk with? When, you, when, when we are born of Christ, when, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, that is when we start to walk in the spirit. We start to walk in this unity with spirit. But at the end of the day, people are still hungry for the things of the spirit. Wherever you look, wherever, uh, whether somebody believes in God or, believe, or comes to church or, or not, that, that is irrelevant. Everywhere, everywhere you look, uh, people are hungry. People are searching for something spiritual. Everywhere you look, there is. I mean, you see it in the media circles. You see it in the entertainment circles. You have. A, you see it. Everywhere you look, people are st- searching for something to fulfil uh, the void that is inside, that, that is missing inside of their heart. Because the Bible says, when um, you know, when man sinned, there was a separation between man and God. And that is the reason why Jesus came to earth to, to reconcile man to God. So if, everywhere you look, where, where there are people who do not know Jesus Christ, even though they are still a spirit being, they still have spirit needs. They even though they uh, they don't have Jesus. Christ, Christ inside of their lives, they are still hungry for things of the Spirit. Everywhere you go, whether people will admit it or whether they won't admit it, you are a spirit being, and everywhere you look, people are hungry for things of the Spirit. You want to have a look at the, um, you want to go down to the bookshop, you have a look at the number of, um, uh, I mean, I went to the teenager section, not that I'm going to have a look at that much, but anyway, I had a look at the teenager section, and you know what, most of the books there were about things of the Spirit. Yeah, incredible. Not the Holy Spirit, but other spirits. I mean, there was dragons and things like this. I mean, why is it that um, that movies like Harry Potter, why is it that um, these sorts of movies have a phenomenon that go around the world? One of the reasons why I believe is this, that people are hungry for things spiritual. There is a void there. Wherever you go, where people, people can put on all sorts of masks, but wherever you go, people are hungry for a, um, for a sense of spirituality. You wonder why some of these, um, um, some like some of the bands, some of the uh, uh, the pop music, uh, the pop bands around the world become so uh, come so famous. One of the things that they do, not only are they good musicians, but they touch areas of the soul. They touch areas of the spirit. Um, you, you can see in the lyrics that that people, are, you know, you too, sing that song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Everywhere you go, people are hungry for the things of the spirit. And uh, so even in our society today, one of the greatest needs in our society is is that of of spiritual fulfilment. So wherever you look, doesn't matter what environment you may be in, doesn't matter what your circumstance may be in, everyone you're looking for, we are, people are searching for things of the Spirit. And so the Bible, and so this is, I mean, this is a talk about, uh, about food, but um, the Bible says when, it says here, the, the apostles gathered around Jesus. You've got to understand that this, that the context of this, that Jesus had already sent his disciples out, and they had seen miracles, they had seen, uh, they had seen um, They'd seen people healed. They'd seen people delivered. They had seen powerful moves of, of, of the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, so they had come, and they'd come back, and they were, they were telling Jesus how great things happened. Jesus, we, we, you know, you, you laid hands on us, and you anointed us, and you sent us, and, and, and we went, and we laid hands on these people, and, and demons came out. We laid hands on, on these people, and, 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 um, and, and, and people got healed. And they were, they were excited. They were they were excited that God used them in a powerful way. They saw things. They experienced things of the Spirit. They experienced uh, incredible miracles of God. But then they come down back to this, um, back to Jesus, and they're telling Jesus about all the power, all the all the mighty things that have happened through their lives. And so then it says, then Jesus says, "Hey, man, let's come aside for a while. Let's talk about some things." But you know what? People at this time are are still hungry for for the things of the Spirit. When you carry something that is powerful, when you carry something which is authentic and real, people will be hungry for it. People will come for miles. Whenever you carry something, you don't you won't need to run ads in the paper. If you carry something authentic around your life, if you carry 
something spiritual, something of God that is authentic around your life, people will come for miles. And here you see a picture that uh, whole crowds started to follow Jesus. They heard about the miracles. They heard about this, about, about this man that, that could bring life, that could, that could bring a sense of fulfillment into their lives. As, just as that was today, same as it is today. Everywhere you look, people are looking for a sense of spirituality. People are looking for something to fulfill that void inside of their heart. Maybe you're here tonight and you are hungry. Maybe, you are, uh, maybe you're here and you don't know God. You, you, maybe you've heard about him. I can tell you this. Tonight, God can, when, when you allow him to come into your life, he will start and he will fulfill that void that's in, 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 the, in the part of your life. And see, it doesn't take much to look uh, the Bible says that um, they went, in verse 34, it says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He was like, they were like sheep without a shepherd. Friends, we're going to look at our system. Mean, you, you don't have to look far to see that our community is no different than it was there. People who are lost, people who are broken, people who are without Christ, people who... Um, uh, People, who, if, you, if you do not know Christ, if you, are, uh, if you don't have him in your, a saving power inside of your life, people are broken. People man, are, are disconnected. Everywhere you look, doesn't matter what masks people look on, people put on their face or, or, or around them, people inside are broken. People, in, people uh, are scattered. I mean, you read the newspapers all, of the, all the time. You see people that, have, um, that, that look like they've got it all together and look like they're making a whole heap of money and, and whatnot. Um, all of a sudden, for some reason, they take their life because they've been struggling with depression. But all in the meanwhile, they've been showing us this, this great image of how life is going, but how life is going well for them. And then, but all of a sudden, but but, but there's a still a void inside of their hearts. So it doesn't matter um, if you've got the flash gears. It doesn't matter if you drive the pumped-up car. It doesn't matter how many um, what school you go to. What what you have. People in our community today are broken. So you can look around here, we can see a whole lot of happy faces, but there's something that took a ho- something that, um, that gripped a hold of Jesus' heart when he, when he sent out his disciples. The Bible says that his eyes were opened and he saw the multitudes. He went around healing a few people, but when his eyes were opened and he saw the multitudes, his heart, there was something that was moved inside of him. Why? Because inside of him he knew that this was never supposed to happen. He could see the result of sin in people's lives. He could look upon the community he was in at that time, and he could see the result of sin. He could see the result of people separated from God. He could see um, broken lives. He could see people um, riddled with leprosy. He could see people um, riddled with depression. He could see people that were um, depressed. He could see people that were demonized. He could see people that were struggling in, in, in all sorts of areas. And something inside of him moved because he, he knew that that was never how it was supposed to be. See, when God created the earth, when God created the heavens and the earth, it was beautiful. I mean, it still is beautiful, but sin has defiled so much of, of, of what is a, 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 intrinsically a beautiful earth. And like I said, when you look in the schools and you look in your neighborhood, you can start to see that people are scattered. Man, people, uh, everywhere you look, people are, um, are trying to find something that can take away the burden of sin, that, can, that will try and fulfill, try and fill something inside of their hearts. So here Jesus, he sees this large crowd. Even though he had been ministering to a whole heap of them, he could see a large crowd. And friends, when I look out over here, I can see... You know, I can see a crowd of people here, but there was something about when you stand and a whole bunch of people, and, and sometimes it's like 
if your eyes are just open, then you can see past the faces and you can see what's really going on the inside. I tell you, your heart will be moved. And we can stand here tonight and we can have a great time in the presence of God. But if you looked in the, with the eye of your spirit, the eye of your heart, looked into the community today, looked into your neighborhood, I tell you what, there'll be something that'll break your heart. Why? Because it's the issue of sin. It's the issue of a separation from God. And even though we're here having a happy church and having a great time, there is still the issue of brokenness out in our community tonight. We can be here for a certain amount of time and be in this place, but at some point we must engage our community. At some point we must engage our school. At some point we'll be faced with the reality of brokenness in our community. We'll be faced with the issue of hunger. Now the Bible says that, that, that so one of the things Jesus did, first thing he did when he saw the multitudes, he could see that they were like sheep without a shepherd, they were harassed by demons. He could see, man, some people are turning to drug, the drug pee to try and, to try and silence these demons inside of the head. He could, he could, they could see some people are trying to turn to a, a, a bit of alcohol to try, and, um, to try and quench the fear or to qu- try and quench the disappointment. Or uh, they could see people smoking this and smoking that and popping this and, and trying this out and experimenting with that and, and doing this. And, and all the while getting into worse, in, in a worse situation. And something in his heart broke. Tonight, I encourage you, if you're a Christian here tonight, if you, if you, if you profess to have the mind of Christ, then have the heart of Christ too. Let your heart, not only your heart break inside of you for our community, but let your, uh, make a decision inside that you will do something about it. So all in the while, right now, even this very night as we speak, as we experience the love of Jesus Christ, somebody is tonight on the gates of hell. Broken. Somebody tonight will be wondering whether to take their own life. Somebody tonight will be wondering whether to lose their virginity for the first time. Somebody be out there tonight. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're... Friends, this is the, this is the brokenness. This is the, the, the desperation. This is the cry of the heart of our community. The Bible says that when Jesus landed and saw such a large crowd, first thing he did, his heart was moved. Man, his, heart was compa- his heart was full of compassion. Because we're going to have a, a, the heart of Christ. It's all very well to move in the power, but man, we're going to have to carry the heart of Christ. We're going to be moved by the things that move him. We're going to be moved by the things that move him. Get excited about the things that he gets excited. Be moved by the things that he gets moved about. And he could see that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he became, he actually started to begin to do something about it. He started to teach them how to live. He started to lay hands and started to heal people. So one of the things that, um, uh, you know, people need, people need instruction on how to live. This is why we read the Bible. And, uh, one of, you know, one of the reasons we, um, uh, you know, have a marriage seminar uh, Simply because it's one of the one of the things one of the reasons we do that is because we want to teach people how to live. There are people out there struggling with marriages. There are people struggling, and they were their teenagers, not with our teenagers, but with other other, other parents' teenagers, people from Napier or somewhere. But people out there are struggling, and it's all very well to say and, and praise salvation, but we've got to have keys. We've got to have the word of God inside of us to be able to teach people and show people how to live. Actually, that's why we read the Bible. So here Jesus is teaching. It starts to teach people. This is why it started to reveal things about the kingdom of God, teaching people how to live, teaching people about finances, teaching people about relationships, teaching people about sexuality, teaching people about this, and also not only teaching people, but also moving in the power and bringing healing. And so Jesus sees these people, and he starts to teach, and he starts to bring the kingdom of God. And it starts to say they've been there for such a long time, they started to get hungry. And... Um, 
and it says, um, and by this time it was late in the day, and, and, and his disciples came to him and said, this is such a, a way out of the, man, we're in the middle of nowhere here. And they said, it's already getting late. Send the people away so they can go and eat the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he said to this, he said, you answer them. You, you, you feed them. You feed them. Now, you know, we're talking about our society today. You know, there is a desperate hunger. Not only is there a, um, uh, there's hungry people, naturally hungry people in our community, there's also a hunger for the things of the Spirit. Like I was talking about before, you don't have to look very far to see that there is a hunger for the things of the Spirit. Now, I'm wondering if Jesus was in this place right now, one of the things that we often pray is, is Jesus, you come and bring salvation. You bring, uh, God send revival upon, uh, upon our community. God save people. And I was just thinking about this before. And it's just like, what is the difference between that story and, the sto- and where we are right now? We can see people, we can see the hunger in society, we can see the, the, the desperate need for the things of, of the spirit, we can see the desperate physical needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs in our community. And quite often we pray, God, uh, God fill them. God save them. God heal them. But I reckon God is saying this. You go do it. You give them something to eat. You feed them. That, that spiritual void inside of their heart, you give them something to eat. Young people, there's wanting to know about their destiny, wanting to know about future. I mean, so many people today, they're questioning, man, we're living in uncertain times, and you give them something to eat. People out there today, desperately, uh, you know, they're clutching to, to maybe an addiction to, to try and satisfy the inside of their, uh, the pain inside. You feed them. You give them something to eat. Somebody's, um, this, is, this is a tricky one. So people out there need saving. You, you go and save them. Now, hear me right in this context. That Yes, Jesus is the one that saves, but his spirit is inside each and every one of us. And he is sending us, you and me, out to our community. You go and reach them. Go and reach them. That process of you reaching and connecting people, that is part of saving their life. You and I are called to go and reach and touch our community. There is a desperate cry in our community tonight. And, and while we're here in this place tonight, there are people hungry and desperate. And I reckon God is asking, us, saying the same thing, making the same statement to you and I today. You go feed them. You go give them keys about finance. Here you go. You've been reading, your, you've been reading the word. You've been soaking in the spirit. You've been, uh, you, you've been worshiping me. You've, you've got my anointing upon your life. You go do it. So here are these disciples, they've been, uh, you've got to understand that they'd already just been moving in the power of God. They'd already, uh, <laughs> they'd already seen miracles. They'd already seen uh, demons leave people. They'd already, there was, a, there was a, a, a deep love inside of them for the things of God. They wanted to be used powerfully by God. And here God gives them the opportunity, you go feed them. And many people here today, you love God and you, you, you see miracles up here. You see, you've experienced great and mighty things. Many of you have experienced deliverance. Many of you have had, um, have, have had your lives turned around. Many of you uh, here today, you, you, you desperately love God. Now I believe God is saying, them, saying to us today, you go feed them. You feed them. You feed the community. They, those, those people, those, they, those school friends of yours, you feed them. You take me to them. And so here, these disciples, you listen to the very thing they said. They said, um, uh, 
but, 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 and I reckon every time that well, I hear the voice of God come and speak to me, every time when I see the heart, of the, 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 the cry of our community, and, and I get all excited, I want to use, but there's always a but that comes into my mind. But it's a big job. When I, when I read about the, the epidemic of pee, when I read about the epidemic of, of, um, of this and this and that, and you feed them. What? Me? And all of a sudden, I reckon it gives us a bit of a reality check because we caught off and we're also brave and, and, and full of the Holy Ghost here. But many of us, as soon as we walk outside that door, me included, man, I tell you, sometimes that bravery just goes to about that big. but the call is still the same. You go feed them. You go feed them. So here Jesus, the Son of God, the Bible says that Jesus Christ, he came to, to bring life. The Bible says in John 10 verse 10, it says the devil has come to rob, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Friend, there's the reason why you and I are here today. It's the, one of the main reasons that you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit is that we can be a channel of the life and the presence of God. That is, the re- that is one of the main reasons that you and I will carry the life and presence of God into our community. See, Jesus, one of the things Jesus wanted to do was not just do all the teaching and, and do all the miracles. He wanted to empower his disciples that they would carry on the work. That's why the Bible says in, in, the, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are here sent by God to extend the, the interests of the kingdom of God into the community, into the area that we live in. If you're in a school, you are an ambassador of God in that school. And when there is a, the place where an ambassador lives or, or, or the, resides is called the embassy. In other words, in the embassy, this particular country's um, laws operate in, in, in this embassy. So, the Bible's, so what I'm getting at is this. When you are in a, in a place in the community, you've got to understand, you've got to make that decision wherever I am. Wherever God positions me in my community, I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Where I stand, the environment around me will be that of the kingdom of God. Where I am, the kingdom of God will be. Where I am, the culture of the kingdom will be around me. Where I am, the power of the kingdom will be around me. Where I am, the glory of the kingdom of God will be around me. There won't be poverty. There won't be depression. Wherever I am, I will see myself as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. That is why Jesus Christ, that is, uh, that is why God anoints you. It's one of the primary reasons. I mean, there's many different reasons, but the primary one is that you would be an ambassador for him in the business world, an ambassador of the kingdom. You give them something to it. You meet the needs of the community. You go and bring the kingdom of God to earth. It says it again in the Great Commission. Go ye into the world and preach the gospel. Go ye into the world and give them something to eat. It's the same thing. So that command goes all through the Bible. Go, 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 go. Don't just, don't just I mean, come together as the, as the body of, of, of Christ and have a, have a good time, but go. Carry what you have here. Carry it into the community. So you have the disciples, but, 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 and, 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 and the size of what you're asking us, Lord, is enormous. And I think of what, you know, I think of what God has put on my heart for the, for the young people of Hawke's Bay and, 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 and for the other different areas. I'm thinking, wow, that's, it's a big ask. I think I'd rather just come to church and, and we worship you there. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather just come to church. And, and that's, that sounds pretty daunting out there. But that is where you and that God has called us to, uh, to reach. Um, the problem I found is this. 
I believe in the power of God in this place right now. I believe that when you raise your hands and you ask him to come and touch your life, his presence and his power does come upon your life. It, it, it does that. But one of the things I reckon we get stuck in is this, is our ability to be able to carry it from here into the community around us. One of the things I want to suggest to you tonight is this, that um, for many of us it's the issue of insecurity, an issue of, of fear, issues of undealt with brokenness inside of our hearts that stop us and that hinder us from carrying that out. And uh, this is one of the things I've been absolutely challenged by over this last year. You know what? Sometimes if you're in a... Um, so I don't hang around with Christians all the time. I'm a pastor, and, uh, and uh, I, I got challenged by God about the amount of time I was hanging around Christian people, which is fantastic. But then I got asked, the, the, the question came into my mind, well, it's not really the Christians you're trying to reach. <laughs> it's the unsaved people. I mean, I love you all. I love Christians. I, I love my brothers and sisters. I, I, I love my family of God, absolutely. First place, you know, apart from Christ, first place in my life. Um, I need to be able to be reaching people as well. And quite often I've found that, I, you know, I'd be in here and I'd be with all you guys and I love you all and love having you around me, but I found getting myself into another situation, I started to feel awkward. And, I th- you know, it's one of those conversation stoppers when you're in a whole bunch of unsaved people and it's like, hey, what do you do for a job? And uh, uh, pastor. Sometimes, friend, that can be a conversation stopper. One of the things I've, it's like, what do you do for a job? I'm a, I work for the IRD as a, as a tax auditor. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes when you, when you say, when you, this is one of the things that I struggled with was, and still, and still did to a certain extent. Actually, I needed an unsaved person to help me through it. <laughs> and I was at a party the other day, and some of the people I've, I connect with, um, I've, I've made a decision to go out and connect with them. They are rednecks, man. They are, they are wild people. And, um, but they are crazy. Man, I was suddenly listening to the stories, and, and man, they were on the gas, and they were laughing away and, and, and telling me all these wild stories. And uh, I was thinking, I thought, <laughs> what, what, what do we have in common? I mean, you guys are... But I felt in that time, I started to laugh. and I start, For no reason, but I just started to laugh. I felt God speak to me, and I felt him say, it's, it's, it, it's people like these that I came to save. It's people like these people here that you're talking to now. It's these people that I've, I've positioned you here that you may carry my presence, that you may feed them. You feed them. Oh, man. And I was, I was in this place, and I started to laugh, and, and, and these people were wondering what was, what was wrong with me. I just started to laugh for no reason. And it's like, but I, was, I knew that God was speaking to me, and I thought, man, where else would I? And, and all of a sudden, when I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I heard God say, I have positioned you here to carry and be my ambassador to these people, I felt empowered. There was something else came over my life. And, um, man, one of these guys, man, I didn't even need to say that I was a pastor. Man, one of the guys that was hosting the party, he just yelled out, and said, hey, man, this is my mate Dave, and he's a pastor from down the road. And, uh, and it was... Man, it was pretty funny. <laughs> but I just, I felt, I felt a little bit small. But the problem I found is this, is that um, it dealt, started to deal with the issues of my insecurity and rejection. And one of the things I reckon that we, you and I need to do is to, to be able to engage our community is first get over ourselves. Embrace who God has called you to be. You are an ambassador of God. Yes, you may be afraid. Yes, you may struggle with this. You may, but embrace your, your primary person as an ambassador of Christ. And so these disciples, one of the things they did, they, uh, they, they started to see the, uh, the enormity of the problem. They, uh, they started to say, 
Where else? Will, where are we going to get enough food to feed all these people? Where am I going to find enough leaders? Where am I going to find enough help to be able to minister to all these people in our community? Where, the problem's too big, God. We might as well just send them all home. And Jesus says, no, 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 you give them something to eat. And then there's a little boy. This little boy comes up and says, ah, oh, um, Doug, can you say it? <laughs> he, say, he says, uh, and there's a little squeaky voice. Uh, not that you've got a squeaky voice. Eh? <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's 40, man. And, uh, and he says, look, I don't, I, I, I see a dilemma. And I, I see a dilemma that you, you need these, these, these people fed. He says, I don't, I don't have much, but, but what I do have, I mean, I've got this, I mean, you can have it if you want. Have the lot. Have the lot. And so the disciples, they brought this to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough money to buy all these. But what we, what we do have is we found this little boy, and he's got, this, he's got, these, two little, he's got these little fish and this, these little loaves of bread. And, and, um, and Jesus said, that'll do. That'll do. And he says to say, um, uh, how, much do you, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. They found out. He said, five, five loaves and two fishes. And then Jesus sat them all down. It started to talk. It started to pray. And it says here that, um, and the boy says, I don't seemingly have much, but you can have it all. Friends, in his eyes, he didn't have much. When you look inside of your life, you, you may ask yourself, well, I'm not always at the, I'm not at the front preaching. I don't seem to have enough. That is the thing, you don't seem to have enough. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we walk by faith and not by sight. What you think you have, what you see that you have and what you actually have in your hand can be two different things. Today, we, you may look in your life and say, well, what have I got to give? I'm not a great speaker. I'm not a, a great preacher. I'm not a great this. I'm not a great this. Let me ask you this question. What do you have? What is that you have in your little lunchbox there? And it says here that, <laughs> see, the thing what he did have was this. He had food. That's what he had. The people had a, a need of food. They also had a spiritual need, but they had a need of food. What did he have in, in his lunchbox? He had food. Today, what you have in your life, you have food in your life. For some of us, it may, it may vary from, uh, from piece to piece, but all of us, to a point extent, have food in your life. And what did he have? He had, two fish, he, had, um, he had fish and bread. What he had was what people needed. Friend, what you have in your life whether you see it, whether it seems to be a little thing or whether you see it a bit bigger, whatever you see inside of your life that is good. But you have food inside of your life. You have things. There is something inside of your life that our community needs. There is. What you have in your lunchbox, and the lunchbox of your life may seem small, may seem insignificant. It may seem something that's, that only just feed me and that's about it. It may seem that way. But friends, we're going we're to walk by faith, not by what we see. What do you see? What is it that you have in that little lunchbox of your life? Now, that food, now, it could be that, that food, um, that food was either caught, either caught the fish or baked the bread. For some of that food, maybe he caught it. For other parts of the food, maybe his mummy gave it to him. So that food inside of your life, that, those, those things, those, those things of God that you have inside of your life, for some of you here today, um, it's been given to you. Some of, some of the food that you have in your life, you've received it from here. Somebody has invested, somebody has, has, has invested it into your life. For some of you here tonight, that food inside of your life, you may have found it. You may have found God for yourself and, 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 and found some keys of the kingdom. 
whatever way you've got it, you've got food inside of your life. You've got food inside of your life. The thing about the disciples was this. They could see the problem. They could see the magnitude of it. But one thing, their eyes were not focused on God. Their eyes were not focused on the possible. Tonight, what is it in your life? You may think, well, all I need to, all I, need to uh, I only know how to bake cakes or, hey, I'm nice to people, but that's, that's all you need. You may have a la- big laugh. That's all you need, friends. You may have a, just a, uh, man, I can't speak very well, but I really like people. That's enough. That's enough. I mean, I, I, I don't have this, but I, can, uh, but I can give it anyway. For some of it will be time. Like, I don't have enough, but I, can, I could make some time. And it may be a small bit of time, but I can make some time available to you, Lord. It, it, it might not be a whole week. It might not be a whole day. But it, but it can be some time that I can take out of my life to just touch another person. It may, I, I may not have a million dollars in the bank, but I may just have five. That's enough. That's enough. That's all you need. I, I may not have this, I may not have... What do you have in your life that God could use? See, it wasn't the great big thing. It was the small thing. Here was a... a whop, I love this word, opportunity. Opportunity. Here was a, a... It wasn't just an opportunity. Man, it was a opportunity. This was, this was a... It was a opportunity. Why? Because all four of the... All four of the um, all four uh, of the Gospels mention this story. It was a opportunity. And the whole opportunity was centered around a little boy giving just what he had. What have you got in your lunchbox tonight? So he asked them these things. So Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down. And Jesus started, to, he, did these, he did these four or five things. First thing he did was this. He looked to heaven. As Jesus held this little bit that this boy had given him, and he saw the multitudes. He could see the, the amount of people out there. For some of you, it may be the, you know, with the, with, with the people in China. And it's like, well, what is my five bucks? How, how? You don't underestimate what God can do. My, my life may not seem significant, but if you just put it in God's hands. Just put it in his hands. Just make yourself available. And so God, he took that precious life, he took that precious time, he took that precious whatever you've placed in his hands, whatever you've offered up. He takes that thing, he takes it in his hand. First thing he does, he looks to heaven. Don't look around you. Don't look around the circumstances because your circumstances will say it's impossible. Your circumstances will say it can't be done. Your circumstances will say this is stupid. But the first thing he did was he looked to heaven took his eyes upon his circumstances and looked to God because he knew that with God all things are possible. 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 It doesn't matter that right now there's this facing our society, I know that all things are possible. It doesn't matter right now that uh, young people everywhere are wasting their lives. I know that all things are possible. I know that um, the world is scared of this, of this religion called Islam spreading around the world and it's, and it's getting countries uh, intimidated. I, I know that all things are possible. People said that about communism. All things are possible. 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 Started to get his attention. Started to focus his eyes on the king. Uh, 
on God the Father. All things are possible. Second thing he does, he gave thanks for what he did have. Lord, I thank you for this precious bit of time. Lord, I thank you for this precious person's life that he's given. I thank you, God. I thank you, my Father in heaven, that you've, you've provided this. God, I know that you can do incredible things. He started to give thanks. Take his eyes off the circumstance, started to give thanks. What's the, sec- what's the third thing he did? third thing he did was he broke the loaves. This is where he, at some point he had to step out in faith. And it's that breaking of the bread as a step of faith. Tonight, what are your eyes on? Your eyes focused on the, the circumstances around us? Are your eyes focused on yourself? Are your eyes focused on what little you have? What are, your, what are your eyes focused on tonight? Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, he broke the loaves, and then he gave it out. Friend, tonight, we've got to allow ourselves to be broken by the hand of God. We've got to allow God to come and break and start to deal with some of these areas inside of our lives. The areas of insecurity, the, in, the areas of pride, the areas that stop us saying, oh, Lord, it's not much, but this, we've got to, allow the, got to allow God to break our lives like that. Next thing he did, he, he gave. He gave what little he had in his hand, and all of a sudden, it kept on going, and going, and going, and going, and going, and carried on going. And before you knew it, a whole 5,000 men with, had heaps to eat. A whole community was changed. A whole community was impacted. Simply because somebody said, ah, you can have this. All of it. It may seem small, but you can have all of it. Tonight, friends, our community needs a saviour. Our community needs the reality of the kingdom of heaven. We can pray all we like that God will come and do it supernaturally, but he supernaturally wants to empower you that you can carry his kingdom into our community. Amen? Why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads right now? Father, we thank you for your awesome presence in our lives tonight. Father, we thank you for your awesome presence in this place right now. Lord, we know that tonight you see the cry of the lost in our community. Lord, we know that you, you, Lord, you see your heart breaks tonight for the state of our nation. Lord, you see our friends, you see our neighbours, you see the things that they're struggling with. Tonight, Lord, tonight, Lord, we pray that your presence would come and touch our hearts with the things that touch yours, Lord. Lord, I pray that tonight you would open up our eyes and that we would see our community the way you see our community. Lord, I pray tonight that you give every one of us the strength, give each and every one of us the courage to come forward and say, God, I don't have much, but I have this and you can have all of it. I don't have much, but you can have all of it. God, tonight, we don't have much, but God, we give you our lives afresh. We give you all that we have in our lives, Lord God. God, we know that you can use us. God, we know that you have empowered us with your Holy Spirit to reach our community. God, we give you our lives tonight in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this incredible life that you've given to us. Lord, we pray right now that you'd cause us to make the most of it in Jesus' name. 
you know, the Bible says in Titus 1.5, it says, For this reason I have left you in this place, that you may put in order the things that are lacking. For this reason you are in the school you're in. For this reason you're in this Hawke's Bay. For this reason you are here. For this place at this time, it's not a mistake. You are here because God has set you here because God wants to pull something through your life into the realm where you live. Amen. Tonight I encourage you. I challenge you. I myself have been challenged. You give them something to eat. Tonight, let's feed our community. Let's, let's not just abdicate the responsibility to somebody else. Let's just not palm it off back off to God. But let's stand up and be empowered by the Spirit of God. Let's be thankful what He has placed in our life. Let's be a channel of the blessing. Let's be a channel of the kingdom of heaven into our community. Amen. Amen.